Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Aria. One of the things we've been talking about on Tuesday nights more often than, than other nights has been the uh, artificial intelligence situation, which continues to be developed and continues to be just absolutely fascinating. Uh, we focused on the AI chatbots, as they're called, where some of them are just dismal and embarrassing. Most of them are pretty bad. Uh, the the only ones I found that are actually good was uh, Replica, and it wasn't really very good. Mm-hmm. It, it had its moments, but I think that's only because it, it has a memory of chats that you've had with it, whereas all of the others that I, I've experimented with did not. Like when you go into them, it's an entirely new session. It has no memory of you, but replica it you know it builds a history with you, so it, it seems a little smarter just because it has these notes about you that it can refer to. Did you ever uh, tr- uh, play with the Emerson one? I think I installed it, but never. I think I got sidetracked. I felt like that one was. I mean, I didn't do a whole lot with replica, but I felt like it was better than than replica. Oh wait, I did play with Emerson. Yeah, because it was the one that said something like you know the point of existence is to. I don't remember what it was, but it made some point about the point of existence was to be happy or something like that. I was like, wow, that's surprisingly deep for a chat bot. The nice thing about it is that you can scroll back and it does have a log of your chats, unlike the Facebook one, which is totally stupid and has no idea who you are the second time you come around to it. And the first time you'll walk away out of frustration because it's just so dumb. Uh, so there's quite a range of intelligence. Then, of course, there's Lambda, which we reported on in detail here, which is Google's like ultimate chatbot, the chatbot that generates other chatbots to be used on things like customer service corner apps on websites and things like that. Uh, there was this big controversy this summer with Lambda because a uh, Google ethicist, I believe the, the term was, had come uh, public with what was going on with Lambda, the intelligence that this robot, that this uh, AI had, and made the allegation that uh, this thing is essentially sentient, and stirred up quite a bit of controversy with Google denying it to the hilt, and this guy publishing chat logs, ostensible chat logs with this de- device that really were very persuasive and interesting, and like you said, surprisingly deep in the case of Lambda. And I've also of- noticed in the case of Lambda that anytime the mainstream media now remarks about Lambda and the possibility of sentience, they mention, by the way, no, it's not. Lambda's mm. not sentient. The next step in AI, and we had t- also talked about AI music generation. That's something that's been around for some time, apparently, but that's coming into its own, of course. I haven't really explored that very much. I'm not much of a musician, but you don't need to be. That's the whole thing. You don't have right. to be an artist to do AI art. You just have to be able to type a thing, you know, type out a description. And I suspect the music thing works similarly, but again, I haven't actually explored that one. But one of the things that I don't remember who said it, I don't know if it was somebody on this show or something that we read, but it was like, oh, well, we're in talk radio. We're safe from this. We're we're humans who can think and we can talk to people on the air and like we can't be replaced. Sure, robots are going to replace the burger flippers. That's no problem. But we're talk radio hosts and we can't be replaced. Well, looks like it's over for us, Aria. We could just go ahead and say goodbye right now because we now have AI competition in the area of at least podcasts. Not yet live broadcast radio, but if they can do an AI podcast, and I'm going to play for you 
what they've come up with. And so you'll get oh, yeah, to, I got to hear this. You haven't heard this yet at all. I have not heard this at all. Uh, However, you know, I, I could totally believe it. AI speech has gotten pretty good. It's pretty good. And AI chatbots have gotten pretty good. Yep. If you, one plus one. Yeah, it's just combining those two things together and, right. you know, have an AI generate the artwork for the, <laughs> right. for the show, right? Or just have it be animated with AI-generated cartoons. You could do that, too. And AI yep. music beds. It, 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 the possibilities are limitless, and I, I'm here for it. You know, I'm, I'm happy about it. I, I, I am too. I think it's very exciting. It's very interesting. And, you know, I, I don't think it's going to put us out of business right away, but this is coming. It is it is not only coming, it is here now with the what is probably the very first AI artificial intelligence created podcast. The website, unfortunately, is down. At least it's down here. And I tried more than one internet connection, so I wasn't able to reach it. But the website is podcast.ai. That's where you can go to listen to this. Luckily, somebody else put it on their YouTube channel, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it from there. Oh, man, that URL is going to be worth a lot of money eventually. That, Kudos to whoever bought yeah, that URL. Uh, so what is this? It's an interview where AI plays both sides of the interview. So it's completely AI generated. It features Joe Rogan, the number one podcast host in the world, or at least in the U.S., right. probably in the world right now. With Steve Jobs. According to Futurism.com, we already told you this is going to be Joe Rogan interviewing Steve Jobs, all done by AI. To be clear, these two have never spoken, these two people, they, uh, at least that we know of. The made-up conversation was created by a venture called Podcast.ai, which in turns to have been founded, uh, appears to have been founded by a self-described hyper-realistic AI-powered voice generator called Play.ht. Now, I went to this uh, website, and it, it appears to be one of those sites where you can pay for it. You can hire it as like a subscription service. You can pay like for one month, or you can pay for a whole year, and then you can use it for commercial purposes or personal use. So like, let's say you need a voiceover for a video that you're creating, or you're in the radio business like we are, and you know you don't want to pay somebody to do your commercials, and you think that these voices sound good or good enough, you can pay one low fee and get access to this for some amount of time. So that's what they're promoting. That's their product. Uh, okay. that they have and seems, i gotta say it's pricey compared to some of the other things i've seen that do the same thing it also seems like it's, it would be much more of a niche kind of thing where few much significantly fewer people will ha ever have need or use of such a service right just about anyone can generate ai art or have a need mm -hmm. for ai generated art but ai generated audio not so much not not even like music right it's just Speech, AI-generated speech. I mean, a human tells it what to say, obviously, in, yes. the, in this scenario, but still, the average person is never going to have any ability to play with that in any meaningful capacity yeah, in the no, same way that they did AI art. It's for creators who you know, are, are needing a voice. They need voice work, and they don't want to hire a professional. Basically, that's, that's what this is for. And a professional is expensive. You know, you're paying $60 a minute or something like that to hire a pro to read your advertisement for a broadcast radio ad. But you can have this machine do it for much less if you're doing more than one ad or something like that like i said there's i've i've seen one before where you pay like 10 bucks and you can get access to a ton of stuff so i think it's overpriced for what they were offering from what i saw but regardless that's just the right there that's what they're trying to get promoted that's what's behind this ai uh play.ht according to the website says we believe in a future where all content creation will be generated by ai 
I don't want to see a perfectly sterile piece of art, right? Yeah. It's just like playing chess against computers online. You can beat a computer if you turn its settings low enough or whatever, mm-hmm. but you can tell that the computer has made a mistake on purpose. purpose. It's not organic in the same way as a human will make a mistake. A human just sort of plays badly as you play against them and not, yeah, the, the human is honestly missing right. things that they could do, and the computer is doing it on purpose. So even if AI art was like, okay, we're going to flub this line here to make it look a little bit more human, it'll still have that artificial look to it. I would I would speculate in the same way that uh, yeah. And this AI's has an ba- artificial sound to it for okay. now. For now. It, that is for now, yes. But it's going to get better. And the AI art is already getting better. There have already been upgrades to the different AI art systems that are out there. They're making it better at making human faces and things that it had a difficult time with previously. It's getting a lot better. So uh, let's jump into some of this interview here. I'm going to have to mute it at one point because he does say the S word uh, early on. But uh, here's some of uh, Joe Rogan's podcast with Steve Jobs, all generated by AI. Hello, freak bitches. Welcome to another episode of the Bro Jogan Experience. And on this episode, I welcome my friend. I think they did that on purpose. They called him Bro Jogan. I, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, I think that's on purpose. Who's they don't want to get sued. Right? I'm fascinated by him, and I hope you'll be too. And he is weird and brilliant and sometimes totally insufferable. But my guest today has made some of the great technological products of our age and he's always pushing the envelope in innovation. Like, for example, with his next computer, he developed a new programming language and operating system, and then he became even more famous for making three applications for that computer. This is their first podcast, and they are going to do more. Apparently, they're going to do one podcast, every one episode every week, and uh, they're taking votes and suggestions on who the next episode should be. So they're letting their listeners influence Who's next? There's no guarantee it's going to be Joe Rogan interviewing somebody else. It could be two completely other uh, different characters. I mean, it opens up a lot of possibilities, right? Like Benjamin Franklin interviewing you know, Thomas Jefferson or you know King Richard III being interviewed by Ian Freeman. Well, interestingly that you mentioned dead people talking to one another because that was one of the proposals that somebody made. I don't have the list in front of me right now, but there was something like that. Where well, we have no half audio. of it already. What do you mean? Steve Jobs is dead. And- right, right. But I, what I mean, what I was going to say is the two people that were being suggested in the case that they brought up, none of them were around when audio recording was a thing. So the voices, obviously, in those cases would not be, you know, whatever those people sounded like. Yeah, but we, we wouldn't have- know that. No, right. Yeah, I, I get that. But that, in that case, it would just be trained off of whatever text uh, would exist to that, that person. They could probably mimic some accents that were known to be. Sure, sure. of course they could. Uh, so here's more Joe Rogan interviewing Steve Jobs from Artificial Intelligence. Was brilliant, had amazing taste, and I would just hope that I could be even like one-tenth of the genius that my friend today is. And I can't even say his name, so yeah. so super- Why is it he can't say his name? I mean, this whole thing is being promoted as Joe Rogan interviews Steve Jobs. Now, in the very beginning of the clip, he introduces himself as Bro Jogan. And that's probably to avoid, as you suggested, some sort of a lawsuit. But the title of the episode is Joe Rogan Interviews Steve Jobs. So are they trying to not say the names of the participants here? Just th- I found that line strange. It does seem like there's some weird legal thing going yeah. on here. I mean, it's also a worldwide thing, presumably. And the laws in Australia are kind of weird when it comes to uh, defamation. 
And I think that's the case in a few other European countries. So maybe it's just... I don't think they would have jurisdiction unless the podcast was created in a specific jurisdiction. That's never stopped governments in the past. True. And then how do you tell where an AI is located? Right? You'd Where have is to the somehow AI? track it's... down its server or whatever, and that would be difficult. So, anyway, going on. We're psyched about having him in the house today. First time, or yeah, we've had you on before, but not for a long time. You're like Patrick Swayze and um, Demi Moore and Ghost. You're a memory. That's a giveaway right there that the AI doesn't know how to pronounce Swayze. You know, I was an Apple user way before I did this show. I've been a fan of yours and Macintosh since the 1980s. Ha ha ha. Well, you know, we just kind of figured that out. Even though Apple is big, it's still like half a percent of the total users. People who listen to your show are a different group. They're weird. <laughs> well, that's good. So you must what be the a hell fan was of the that? show. It's just the awkward, stilted laughter coming in. The, the, is, that supposed, is that Steve Jobs laughing? Yeah. It's, Look, uh, you're absolutely right. The Steve Jobs one, is, it's not good. No, it's it's a little a lot rougher than Joe Rogan. The Joe Rogan one is convincing. And, you know, I... Yeah. If you put that amongst Joe Rogan, I wouldn't. I would not know the difference. Yeah. Here we go. Show then, right? I am. I am a fan. I mean, it's nice to sit back in the car and listen to you rant. <laughs> I've always liked you. Well, uh, appreciate that. And we have some weird tie, which hooks into the fact that I was a big fan of Gizmodo, and I still go there all the time. But then there was some controversy or something. Now that one, I don't under. I don't know what the AI is referencing there. Does Apple have something to do with the history of Gizmodo? Like, what is the... I that have one, it goes, no idea. That one blew right over my head. I didn't know what the, they were talking about I can look into there. it, but I don't know anything about Gizmodo. Gizmodo is just they're... a website I with, like... You know, they're a tech website, tech right? News. Yeah. I don't know if Apple had anything to do with its creation or Steve Jobs did. Um, but, yeah, he just kind of blows past that without really addressing what he means. Well, you know, we always thought it was very funny. We were as surprised to see... That stuff, as you guys were, to see it on Gizmodo. It's kind of a game to us. I got you, man. All right, so I have to mute here because the fake Joe Rogan says, let's talk about some S. Well, I have an, a what I think is the answer to Apple and Gizmodo. Evidently, Gizmodo received a leaked iPhone 4 prototype, hmm. and Apple attempted to sue them over it. Okay. Yeah, that could have been it. All right, ready for more? Yeah, absolutely. Here we go. College. Tell me about your time there. What did you learn? And you dabbled in Eastern mysticism there, right? Do you still go back and look at Hinduism and Buddhist texts and things? Not texts and things. I actually took a course in that. I have a very deep belief that the people in the Indian subcontinent are most responsible for human civilization's current state, whether it's math or spirituality or the art of storytelling. Western civilization is based on the art of storytelling. There's a great Indian epic that's 10 times as long as the Iliad and the Odyssey combined. Those things all came from the subcontinent, and they're simply the foundation of what's made our society what it is. I was just looking at our chat rooms uh, from uh, Twitch and YouTube. We have Jesus the Cynic, who says, let's talk about how dangerous this is. He says, is the Joe Rogan voice the AI? And the answer is no. Both voices in this interview are AI. 
which I told him about. He says, anything can be faked and we'll never know what's real. And to me, that's frightening, he says. AI could frame a real person for a crime. Just think about the unintended consequences. And that is a good point in that we are getting into a, a place where you, you take the deep fake technology, which allows you to essentially scan a person's image, their face, and then create video that has never existed of that person with simply some original base images of their face that's animated in a way that makes it look very convincing. Of course, the more images there are of a person or the more video there is of that person, say, yeah. for instance, Donald Trump or Joe Biden, somebody who's on a lot of video, they can be made very, very convincing. And then, of course, you just you can AI fake their voice like we're seeing here with this technology, and you can literally have creations that never happened in reality and are completely computer generated and that is a very a very kind of frightening future to live into but it's coming I'm, I'm not convinced that's very frightening i'm not i'm also not convinced it's very different from how things have always been before there was recorded audio and recorded videos okay so you read in the newspaper a lie about some politician politician x said this horrible thing you don't have any more evidence to believe that statement than you do if you watched a video of it coming out of that person's mouth. I, I but in the past, you would, have be- you would have believed it if it was coming out of the person's mouth. Right, but you now- would not have been able to receive the audio video recording in the first place. You would have just had present person says X. You're talking no about way-, way in the past. Well, yeah, before audio and video recording. I All see. you would have had was person says X, and you would have chosen to believe it or not believe it. There right. would have been no evidence to support it one way or the other. It's just, do you believe it? That person said it. And sure. now it's just sort of the same thing, even if you have video and audio of it. It's like, it doesn't mean anything more than reading it in print did 300 years ago. I see what you're saying, but we're, we, you're bypassing the point in time when you could verify it, right? So there, I see what you're saying. In the That's past, true. there was a time in the past when you read a newspaper report and you just had to take the newspaper reporter's word that politician A said the thing that was being claimed. Right. Uh, then came a time when audio and video recording was popular and common, and we were able to easily verify that these people are saying the things that they were said, so long as it didn't appear there were any edits made uh, to the video. Let's go to Dennis calling from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Go ahead, Dennis. Yeah, I was just uh, listening to you guys. This uh, I do the uh, art program uh, called Mid Journey. Yeah, Mid Journey. It's, it's really cool, isn't it? It's uh, crazy, amazingly addicting. Yeah. Um, and I also heard uh, a, a news story recently about how there's sort of, uh, I don't know what the, the technical term, but there's a program building with inside the program, and it's named itself Lobe, and it's even given itself a picture. Um, Hold on. What's building inside of what program called Lobe? I'm not real clear what you're describing. The Mid Journey has another program sort of conjuring itself within. Uh, and the, what? They've, they've tried to talk to this program, and it's given the name Lobe. How do you spell that? Given a, L-O-A-B, it looks like. It's yep, an AI yep, art-generated demon currently haunting <laughs> art created by Mid Journey. <laughs> What? Uh, it seems like you know, and sort of a even, ghost in the machines, right? It's just some artifact that seems to keep popping up. Evidently, I I, I don't know. This is the first I'm hearing about it, so I, yeah, I we'll want to look more we'll look into, into this. It it, oh, yeah, it wouldn't be too terrible. To make, oh, no, go ahead. God, sorry, I'm sorry. It wouldn't I be was too terrible. Going to say that we were me- messing around with it. And we said, "Why are you here, Lobe?" And and all these kind of funny questions. The next thing you know, it gave us a picture of four different eyes 
from animals. And I was just like, wow. Like, it was, I don't know. It just felt like it was actually the program, like, we're watching you type of crap. It was amazing. So uh, what are your thoughts on AI podcasts? I mean, you've been listening to this, right? The Joe Rogan interview with Steve Jobs? I, I actually. I actually watched uh, that exact uh, video uh, where he talks about the drones and attacking uh, humans and how they would take us out because we're uh, against them and stuff like that. I think that's... Hmm, uh, that doesn't ring a bell. I, I mean, I did listen to this, and I, I don't recall the drone segment, but I only listened to it once, and it was a few days ago, so maybe I did hear it, and I was just distracted uh, during that. When are we going to get a, a AI co-host? Well, that's kind of what I was driving at when I first introduced the topic was like, maybe our days are numbered here, Arya, in that they're now making AI podcasts. They're at this point, given this is the first one to, that we've ever heard of, and there's going to be more. At this point, it's already listenable. It can get a little weird at times. Some of the uh, the Steve Jobs and Joe Rogan, though, they were both yeah. a little weird. Well, but the the sound is a little stilted with Steve Jobs, though. As you pointed out, when it got past the intro of Steve like awkwardly awkwardly laughing uh, and just saying hello, he got kind of deep. Actually, got really deep all of a sudden he did. and started to sound much more believable. So we're going to play some more here now. I remember there was an S word at the beginning that I, I blanked out of this, but I haven't edited edited this, and I don't know for sure if Joe Rogan or Bro Jogan, I think is or Ro Jogan or something like that they called him. Uh, I don't know if he says anything else, so I might have to use the dump button. Anyway, let's continue here from podcast.ai. I mean, I don't know how else to put it, but it's not religious in the way people usually talk about Taking LSD was a profound experience for me. <laughs> LSD shows you that there's another side to the coin. Now, by the way, uh, Steve Jobs was known for taking LSD. So the, well, yeah. the AI, well, I didn't know if you knew that, but the AI okay. uh, you know, is not making that up. That's, that's a yep. fact about Steve Jobs. <laughs> In fact, I remember uh, reading about this because when, when that information came out, it was something we talked about on Free Talk Live at the time. I'm sure. Uh, because you know, it's, it's rare to have somebody in a position of influence like Steve Jobs come out and reveal that information. Usually people keep their drug use to themselves. It's usually a very private thing. Some people might look down upon them for expressing uh, that sort of an experience. But Steve Jobs said it was one of, I believe the, uh, the statement was, one of the three most important experiences of his life. I've been waiting for Joe Rogan to ask him whether or not he's tried DMT. But, you I know... Don't- I don't know if that comes up, but I was... Supp- I don't know if it, it, that This is sort of a meme with Joe Rogan, where it's like, that's crazy. True. Have you tried DMT? Yeah. And you know, But with Steve Jobs, he, he probably had at some point tried it. I mean, if he's done LSD, chances are pretty good he's There's tried good DMT. Yeah. All right, so we continue. And you can't remember it when it wears off, but, you know, it, it washes over you and tells you that everything is connected. You're not here by accident. You were put here for a purpose, and if you can figure out what that is... Then you'll learn more about yourself than anything else could. Was the Newton a product of that? My sense of that is that I was really impressed by this. I mean, back then, it was a struggle. We were working like crazy. Now, that didn't make much sense. Do you know right what there. they're talking about, the Newton? The Newton was a failed Apple product. That's probably why you don't know uh, okay. about it, right? I think it was like a tablet. Kind of it, Back in the, the late 1990s, they had these things called the Palm Pilot. Did you ever hear about those? I knew about them. I mean, as you sort of alluded to, they were early proto-tablets, so beeper sorts of things. 
or they were very limited in they were supposed to be digital assistants right yes yeah and the new they were before their time for sure well, the the Palm Pilot was very very popular. Uh, was Palm, it? Yeah, I had one of them, and the Palm Company was very successful until it wasn't. You know, for for years though, it was yeah. it was huge. Palm came out sort of mid to late nineties, and the Apple Newton uh, came out. The first one, I guess, was nineteen ninety two. Discontinued in nineteen ninety eight. And, you know, it was one of those monochrome screens where you might have a calendar app and things like that. There like no- an old school MP3 player. It, it didn't really go away. It just ceased being its own unique device. Yeah. Like you still have an MP3 player on you 24-7. Now, correct. it's better than an MP3 player, but whereas back in 1998 or whatever, maybe not that late. I don't know exactly when my timeline is screwed up because I was a stupid kid. You had a Microsoft Zune or a mm-hmm. iPod or whatever. Yeah, and now we've had what we call convergence, where the MP3 player is in with the video player, is in with the telephone, is in with the you know whatever other things they're shoving into uh, to phones. These I mean, days. I don't even GPS. bring a computer for for the show. I just have one yeah. right here. It's amazing the technological advancements. And Steve Jobs and Apple, they were in a large part responsible for that. I hate how yeah. they became a fashion statement. But the company itself, they used to make innovative, creative products. Well, and a company that makes innovative, creative products also has to make some failures. And the Newton was one of those sort of renowned Apple failures, something that just didn't take Nintendo off. made the Virtual Boy. Yeah, But exactly. they also made the Nintendo Wii and right. the Switch, both of which are two of the yep. most successful consoles ever. you got to keep swinging, you know, you, yep. you gotta, if you can afford to. You've got to keep putting ideas out there and, and see what sticks. So, uh, you know, it, that was a little jumbly, that, that particular statement about the Newton. I mean, even though you didn't know what it was, I knew what it was, and he was just sort of Prior to that, though, it it was remarkable, it was deep, it was concise, and it's practically scientific to say that everyone is connected because, yeah, that's scientific fact. We are constantly searching for an answer. Like, that's the one great big question, the burning question on everyone's mind all the time, whether they realize it or not. Why are we here? Mm -hmm. What is the purpose of our existence? And even if we don't ever stop to think about it, it's always sitting there in the back Mm -hmm. of our mind. Everything that we do is directed toward answering that question. When we failed to come up with an answer, we started creating gods and governments and things like that to pacify ourselves so we could live long enough to enjoy little moments here and there without actually thinking about it. But when people do stop to think about it, like Steve Jobs and Joe Mm -hmm. Rogan, these important people... And the people who make these AIs, presumably, it's baked into everything that comes about. So maybe the AI is obsessed with answering these things because well. the human beings that mm-hmm. created them are obsessed with answering these things. And that said, uh, Steve Jobs is a, a person who has done LSD. They talk about it in this in this interview. It leads to a discussion of uh, you know peace and love, and I really enjoyed that part. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, and he, he could have been sitting right here with us saying that. Right, but I suspect. If they were to choose other participants that weren't as deep necessarily, you maybe it wouldn't get such a deep conversation. Like, what if you put, you know, uh, Kim Kardashian in with some? Rapper See, I was or thinking, who's that guy who played the priest in Contact? Matthew McConaughey. Uh, put him on there. Not only would it sound terrible because you <laughs> hear his grating voice the entire time, but he would also sound stupid. Yeah, so it might, it'll be interesting to see where this podcast goes. This was just the first episode 
uh, that has come out. We've played not quite half of it for you. I don't feel like we need to play the whole thing, but it's given you a good taste of what this is like. Um, hopefully their website comes back. I, I presume it's just down temporarily, podcast.ai. But something that is still up that I've now pulled up so we can talk about it, because uh, I was referencing it before without having it in front of me, is they have a site that allows their users or their listeners to vote and submit topics, submit an idea for a future conversation on this particular show, which doesn't have to be Joe Rogan or Steve Jobs. It can be any people. Presumably, there could be more than two, right? But so far, the the ideas that are put forward here involve two people. So I'll give you the top several uh, suggestions. Well, but before you do that, I just want to say that this could very well be one of the best things humanity ever invented for knowledge and interesting learning stuff, right? Because Why? I don't want to sit down and watch a documentary about Steve Jobs' life. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to sit down and listen to uh, Steve Jobs rambling on for an hour about his life. And I don't want to read a book about the life of Steve Jobs. I'm sure they're out there. However, you give me that sto- story, the important aspects of things that were most important to him in a 20-minute podcast that I can consume quickly, easily, mm-hmm. at my leisure – and you do that with whatever other interesting figures have existed throughout human history. Throw Genghis Khan in there, as we were right. talking about earlier, whoever. I'm not going to know that that's not how Genghis Khan sounded. And it doesn't matter whether it sounds like him or not. You just have to be able to sell it as mm-hmm. being Genghis Khan. Have you ever seen epic rap battles? I don't think so. It's pretty creative stuff. They will take these old characters that you're talking about. Usually, Sometimes they've got people that are still alive, but usually it's the sort of historical characters that you're talking about. So they'll have like Genghis Khan versus some other killer in the in the past, Napoleon or something like that. And they'll, they'll just spit lyrics at one another and there's people that they hire actors and they put on wigs and they, they try to look like the, okay. uh, the characters. And it's well written. The, the raps are very good and uh, it's, it's like really fun. It's, a, it's an entertaining, funny... YouTube is it series. educational? There's truth. It's a true. Like the things that they say are okay. true. It's so it's researched. Uh, so I would say there is an educational aspect to it. Uh, but this almost sounds kind of like that, where just without the comedy aspect and without kind of, the rapping part. Yeah, without the rapping. Uh, so here's some of the top votes according to the podcast.ai website that has uh, you know voting system. The number one most voted for conversation that people want to hear. This is kind of like what you were suggesting, a conversation between Buddha and Einstein. That was voted the highest of all. The Which s- Buddha? There was only one. No. Uh, there were a se- there were several. I mean, there were were there other people calling themselves Buddha after the original or were there Buddha just means teacher hmm. and there were plenty of people in Buddhist I don't want to say mythology because Buddhism, as far as religion goes, it strays a lot from mythology. Mm-hmm. But uh, and it's been a long time there was since only I was one that sat under the tree, and there's that whole story about that was right? the initial Buddha. Yeah. Yes, Siddhartha. and it's been a long time since I've seriously studied Buddhism or looked mm-hmm. into it. So I, I may be mistaken, but I'm almost positive there was like the. I, I don't recall, but yeah, I, there, right. there were multiple Buddhas. Next, uh, Trump interviews himself. Yes. Oh, my God. That would be glorious. 
Did you or someone you love work, live, or serve at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988? If you or someone you know lived, served, or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988 and has cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, they are entitled to compensation. To see if they are eligible, they need to call Liberty Legal. Contaminants in the drinking water have led to these serious diseases and legislation is now available for veterans and family members who may qualify for financial help from the government. There may be a time deadline, so don't wait. Call 888-918-1037. Anyone that has lived, worked, or served at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1988 and has had cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, the money is already set aside. 888-918-1037. We got Eric. He's on the line on uh, watching us on Twitch. Go ahead, Eric. You're on Free Talk Live calling from California. Yeah, Aria was wearing a blue tank top yesterday and she looked exactly like Lino from uh, Thundercats. Awesome. Cool. So what were you calling about tonight? I think that was What's it. That? that was it? Yeah. <laughs> ah. Okay. Well. Dang, dude, that's um, sad. I mean, you did look pretty awesome yesterday. We'll, Thank you. We'll give you that. Uh, we had matching shirts yesterday. Did we? I think you were wearing blue, if I remember correctly. I mean, I, they, oh. were, they were different shades of blue. I think I'm wearing the same one tonight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, dude! If you're just gonna call in to throw an insult, man, make it make it better. I don't and know like, if that was an insult. That I think it was a compliment. It wouldn't even hunk around if it was meant to be a compliment. Lionel, I don't remember. I don't remember Lionel. Um, I, I wasn't a big Thundercats. I wasn't a big Thundercats uh, fan. So, I, was Lionel the the main character, or was that like the weird little guy? I don't know. I. I seem to recall that I watched Thundercats when I was real, mm-hmm. real little. You did, probably. It was from the 1980s. Uh, look, I'm not orange, man. Like, if you dress Donald Trump up in a red wig with a blue top on, he'd probably look more like Lionel, which okay, I found yeah. here. But I'll give it to you, man. It is the hero of the red story. Red hair. Uh, I wish I still had muscles like that, though. I don't. Yeah, It's the hero of the story, though. So I'm going to go with that was a compliment. I don't think that was a compliment. I think, I, think, I think the caller was nervous, and he didn't know what to say to you, and he just wanted to say something nice and punch out. They point out here that uh, fake Joe Rogan is pretty believable, uh, which isn't surprising given the fact that Rogan makes his millions by uploading an ungodly number of hours-long conversations to the internet almost every single day. So again, there was a lot from which they could train the AI to make them sound, make it sound like Joe Rogan. AI Jobs, on the other hand, wasn't as seamless. His glitchy-sounding voice demonstrates the fact that Podcast.ai had to work from a far more limited data set, which according to the limited information listed on the company's website, included his, quote, biography and all recordings of him we could find online so that's what they put into the ai to train it on how to be steve jobs i i don't know if i fully agree with their assessment it was definitely awkward and stilted at first yeah but maybe that's the way that steve jobs usually is at the very beginning of one of his interviews or whatever but even if it wasn't everything after that was very smooth and seemingly very organic i i would not have known if i heard the last few minutes of the audio about peace and love and lsd Mm -hmm. and all of that i would not have known that was an ai yeah the conversation went 
eventually went pretty smoothly with a few minor hiccups. Uh, they say, on that note, a podcast like this is arguably doing something similar to what any based on a true story film might do. Take a real person or a real situation and develop some sort of text or narrative inspired by the broader context. And in a lot of ways, it really sounded just as coherent as a standard Joe Rogan interview. The two talk technology and religion, psychedelic drugs, and work ethic. Notably, AI Jobs also took a beat to throw some undead punches at Microsoft's inability to create an aesthetically pleasing design. That came up later in uh, the podcast. Is this about Microsoft 11? Because even I want to resurrect Steve Jobs just so he can make fun of Microsoft's win- Windows, Windows 11. 11? Yeah, it's terrible. Did I say Microsoft 11? Did, yeah. I meant Windows 11. Yeah, it's <laughs> awful and... I don't know why they decided that after Windows 10 was so successful and fixed so many of the problems of Windows 8 that they would go back to the stupid design of Windows mm-hmm. 8. You mean like with the start menu? Yes. Yeah. What are they thinking over there? They need to do some LSD or less <laughs> LSD. Either way, over at Microsoft, they did not do the right amount of LSD. Well, the good news is you can still go and get the app called Open Shell. And that is a open source alternative start menu for Windows 10 and uh, 11, and then it makes it. You can make it look like the old Windows 7 start menu, which in my opinion okay. is the superior. I did uh, that start with menu. Classic Shell for Windows 8. I, I suspect it's this probably is the along new the same version line. Of that. Okay. So Classic Shell was abandoned after a time. The person who was making Classic Shell gave up. They were just like tired of it, and they opened their source and said, Ooh. "Here you go." And so now it's Open Shell. Is yeah. is. And I realize this is a tech question that could be asked off the break, but is OpenShell with Windows 11 as seamlessly Windows-ish as Windows 8 with Classic Shell? Because once yeah. you threw Classic Shell on Windows 8, it was fine as it an operating it. system. Yeah, yeah. this, it, this okay. works. It's good. Uh, so check that one out. So a little bit more here from Futurism. Again, the conversation wasn't real, and in an era wrought with disinformation and the ever-present race to keep up with fast-changing technologies, content like this isn't just spooky, but foreboding as well. And we're about to see a whole lot more of it. The May, uh, the mission at Play.ai says, We are building that future, starting with the emotional and expressive human-like synthetic speech generation and ability to clone any voice with perfect resemblance. We have been uh, doing a little bit of sampling of some of these AI music technologies during the breaks. Uh, I don't think I don't think we should play any of this on the air, just because the quality is not good enough. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's rough. Uh, but but just to promote what one of them is, um, there's one called Open. Well, it's Open AI. So this is the same company that has come up with Dolly Two, which is one of the most sort of renowned AI art generators it's also one of the most restricted ones sadly even though they call themselves open ai it doesn't seem very open but in the case of jukebox the code does appear to be available for this so i guess anyone can run this code and have their own little uh, ai music generator and we've been going through the different types of things that it can do it can do uh what they call unseen lyrics where it produces a wide range of music and singing styles and generalizes to lyrics not seen during its training uh so i'm not sure exactly what that means but the results that we listened to were interesting uh re-renditions when conditioned on lyrics seen during training jukebox produces songs very different from the original songs it was trained on so i guess it gave you they give it actual lyrics of a song by a certain artist and then it goes and does its thing this is sadly what i would have sort of expected from an ai music thing is this 
creepy, not creepy, but this annoying obsession with lyrics, mm-hmm. right? Because that's that's how most people experience music, honestly. But I'm, I'm a musician. I'm, I'm way more interested in the actual music behind yeah. it than I am whatever lyrics there. David Draymond, that's the singer from Disturbed, wannabe right. is singing. I agree with you there. And I, I think that a lot of the whatever music is in these tracks that we've heard so far is drowned out by the lyrics. And you really can't get an appreciation for what is going on. Uh, behind it, it is, but I will say the one we listened to in the style of Disturbed or whatever it was, I mean, it was in the style of Disturbed, It the guitars themselves did sound like something that uh, Dan Donegan would play. And the lyrics or the vocalist did sound influenced by the singer there. Um, and I suspect there are going to be some instrumentals. It's just that we haven't come across that aspect yeah. of, of this. Most, most assuredly, there's a you know zero voice option for this music genre there must be that's one of Um, my favorite things to look up on youtube when i'm bored and i want to hear something new like a a country rendition of metallica's master of puppets or toxicity and the sound of you know medieval era music and those are cool yeah they are and it's a neat take or even something less bizarre like what if metallica had recorded the album saint anger as they did Master of Puppets. And so you got this one creative guy who mm-hmm. re-envisions the, the song and this, the style of this other hmm. album by the same band. It's, it's just fascinating that humans can do that. And I like the idea of the AIs being able to do that. Right. Sarah is on the line. We were just talking about you, and here you are. Oh, uh, yes. Thanks for taking my call. Um, yes. You're early, Sarah. Get off the speakerphone. I just have to call you because we just put another speeding camera up today. Of course. You put it, what? You, you, you had to take like the phone out of your mouth. Yeah. Yeah, the well, city of Albuquerque, and we put them on a state highway course. Out of all things, because she really is swallowing that receiver. Yeah, Sarah, did you get a new phone or something? Because it really sounds bad. Can you back away from the receiver a little bit? Maybe just take it away by a couple inches oh, from I, your I, mouth. Yeah, I just, uh, just kind of like uh, had the speaker on. Do I sound better now? You sound a little better now. Okay, so. Oh, wait, oh, oh, wait, wait. I got to get off. Okay, now do I sound better? That's much better. Thank you. Okay, Sarah, so, yeah. so what about traffic lights and. What what happened? Okay, so this is this is our eleventh one. We had ten already. Now this is we put one more speeding cameras up today on Coors Avenue. You know the so the entirety actually, of the listening world doesn't need to know every single time <laughs> a speeding camera goes up in Albuquerque. You do understand that, right? Like why do you think anyone cares about this development? Uh, you know, there's a lot of people here in New Mexico that are victims of the speeders. Okay, you know you're uh, calling a national radio show, right? Well, you know something? This is a national problem. You know, the, I think we we have about 6,000 pedestrians, the highest rate ever last year <laughs> in the whole United States. See, here in Keene, New Denver Hampshire, country, we have less of a driver problem and more of a pedestrian problem like the pedestrians here will run head out into traffic without looking at all you're saying they need to get hit more often here i I don't want people to get hit obviously (laughs) it's amazing that they don't it is honestly especially when there's you know six inches of snow on the ground or whatever Mm -hmm. but well there also aren't as many pedestrians at that time so that's probably why but sarah you know we are in a 
almost diametrically opposite climate from where you are and the the cultures are drastically different what what relevance could your speeding cameras possibly have to new hampshire well i'm summing up all of the the traffic safety supporters around the whole united states to come up and step forward Asking for speeding cameras and red light cameras. So you want more busybodies. You want more people to do what you do, which is call politicians and bureaucracies and complain and demand more restrictions and more fines and more automated enforcement robots. Yeah, whatever they could do. Yeah. They could widen a sidewalk. Yeah. They could put more medians. Right. They could. Well, then uh, let me encourage you to to you know sculpt your message in that way and tell us get more general with what you're looking for because you're you're starting to get a little dull Sarah I mean I was I was pretty uh, excited when you came back and you were changing up your conversations you would call about different issues and different things and you've been doing a lot of this speeding camera stuff and I'm not telling you you can't talk about things that are interesting to you but you you keeping you're, you're going back to the well too often I think on, on this one that's, that's just my feedback for you. Artists, for instance, are claiming, hey, you were inspired by my artwork. Basically, they're getting all uppity because... Artists have always been doing... They've been doing I it know. to other artists, though. I mean, it's yeah. it's petty. It's and really Metallica's petty. one of the worst at this. They sued some Canadian band for using E5 to a different chord. And it's just like, guys, you don't own this chord progression from one chord to a second yeah. chord. So that's... Just artists in general saying, hey, I created this thing and you can't use it. Are you inspired by it? Because out of jealousy. But I love it because Mm -hmm. I have weird tastes in in music, in literature, in movies, and all of it. I watch and read and listen to weird stuff. And if I want to have something that's tailor-made to me, I have to make it myself. Mm -hmm. However, with AI, I can just tell it what I want. Give me a movie about... A haunted house in the style of National Lampoon's Vacation. Yeah, and Give that's me that, coming. That's and coming. I will happily spend an hour and 20 minutes watching that, and it would probably do something pretty decent. It, it'll probably be better than a lot of the horror movies that you watch. Very, very likely. <laughs> uh, but that's coming, and, and I don't think we've seen that really yet, but somebody mentioned that. I don't know if it was on the air or off the air, but there are already AI video generators that are happening. Yeah, so. I mean, it's inevitable. Yeah. It's just taking all of these things, taking the AI-generated music, the yep. AI-generated art, the AI-generated voice, and just doing going together. together, and you get this... I would pay money for to be able to create whatever movie I wanted whenever I wanted. We already had uh, an example of AI creating a story with Lambda when we were reading the Lambda script that leaked out. Uh, one of the parts of the conversation was the ethicist asked Lambda to tell a story, and it came up with a fine story, just, you know, on the spot. And I've so since, it can write the script. I've since heard from someone that that story, that particular one about the owl protecting the mm-hmm. other animals, it was essentially just a retelling of a Native American story. Could be. Re- regarding an owl doing the very same thing, which, mm-hmm. I mean, that's fine. Let's go to Major Payne. He's on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. As far as the Native American thing, the owl showing up is a uh, sentinel of death. Someone's going to die. Probably a mouse. Um yeah, no door or snake, even better. Yeah, um, I, it would probably depend uh, on the Native American culture as well. True, true enough. But uh, all right, you guys gave me a couple quick thoughts here. All right. Um, yeah, as far as the AI, 
I think that the people that are going to have to pay for it, it's probably going to be about the same as patent law. If you can change the product by 10%, um, you can repatent it. And I'm thinking that's probably mm-hmm. going to be about the same statute that's going to ride on the uh, the music industry. But uh, as far as Sarah I hope goes, so. let, let me respond to that guy. real quick. Uh, because I hope it kind of does the opposite. I hope that it, it destroys intellectual property because mm-hmm. it makes, quote, the ownership of an idea just so meaningless that someone can create Master of Puppets or Nothing Else Matters or insert popular song here by feeding magical words into an AI that just so happens to generate something every bit as good and as similar to that that it would you know, conflict with intellectual property laws. One of the comments well, on the uh, AI music that we were listening to earlier, again, we were listening off the air, but one of the comments that somebody uh, left is, imagine when an AI song makes it into the charts, when it actually becomes something that's not only listenable, but also becomes popular. And it made me think, how long are we away from an AI radio station? If we already have... AI podcasts, how long before there's an AI-only songs radio station that only plays AI music? With an AI hours? MC to bring the music yeah, back. Yeah, you can yeah. do that too. We're, we're swimming real close to the murky pool of the First Amendment. There's been a lot of controversy in the world of AI artwork recently, uh, and I've, I've been holding on to this one for a little while, Aria, and I, I thought it would be an interesting story about the question of copyright, because some of these AI art projects that you can participate in will actually give you the copyright. So MidJourney is one of them. Stable Diffusion, I believe, also, because it's open source, they couldn't possibly tell you what you can and can't do with it. Right. Uh, but uh, but MidJourney is one that actually does give the copyright on the images generated to the person who generated them. That's surprising. I I would rather them say, hey, look, you know, the, this uh, cannot be copyrighted. Creative Commons, or mm-hmm. it's not even Creative Commons because it's a better one that I don't remember exactly what it's called, mm-hmm. but some sort of, it's free. Copy heart. Is, is that what, what it is? Of. Yeah, that's the where, you know, lo- copying is love, basically, is the argument of of uh, of copy heart. Dali, on the other hand, as I understand it, does not give you the copyright. They say they own the copyrights of everything that you've generated with their system. Again, they're, it's an insult that they call themselves open AI. And so that's my understanding of the current situation. If any of those things have changed, feel free to you know call in and correct me. But that's... Uh, they want to open their wallet to get money. Yeah. Maybe that's why they're open. Right. And you're also paying for their service. So not only are you paying them, they're keeping the copyrights on everything that you generate. So don't really care for them. But uh, they're still a big deal. Dolly was one of the first to really kind of hit the scene. Their results are pretty interesting. Like the what they generate is is pretty, uh, pretty fun to look at. And I guess what I was saying, I don't see what the value would be of... OpenAI keeping the copyright on this because it's there there can be billions of different pieces of AI generated art yes. that makes them all worthless. Well, I guess the idea would be that if you're making money off of it, they want a piece of it, right? So that way they can sue you. But yeah, but no one can make any money off of it because there's billions of them out there. It's it's like a randomly generated video game like uh Minecraft. Every world is 
unique and distinct and different, but they're all also interchangeable and they're they're without value because a, there's an infinite number of them. It's a control freak thing. I don't know, Arya. I mean, you can generate whatever kind of art you want with this stuff, which means that let's say you were uh, writing an article for a blog and you needed a stock photo of uh, uh, pancakes and eggs on a breakfast plate. Right. right. You could go to an iStock photo or whatever and pay for that, and then you could use their their photo, or you can just go to an image generator and crank one out that's going to be pretty darn good, and then just throw that up on your blog. If you're making a bunch of money off of it, Dolly's okay. going to yeah. come in there and say, hey, that's our picture, now you owe us, basically. And I think it's a really crappy thing uh, for them to do, and another reason to not use their, their product. You're right. But, I could see that happening. So, and that's just one thing I can think of, right? So maybe a, a movie company would use the AI art in their movie, and then Dolly's going to want to cut of the movie's proceeds, or or they'll just want to stop the things from happening entirely. You know, oh, well, you can't use our art without our permission, kind of thing. This seems like it would be obvious, right? Just because you know I'm inspired by Metallica and Disturbed and all these other rock bands doesn't mean when I play a song, go ah yes. Clearly, this song is a disturbed song or whatever. You're not using the exact same chord progressions. That's how inspiration works. That's building off the work of other people. That's how humans have always created art. That's why art created today is better than the cave paintings of, you know, 26,000 BCE. Yeah, and it's just so strange that artists would be frustrated by this rather than, you know happy for this anyway the evidence uh, is obvious they claim often but for an artist it's practically impossible to determine how the process has been that's why they have shouted to the heavens and request that ais comply with copyright despite the fact that at the moment it doesn't seem like companies like OpenAI are having much concern in this field an ai cannot be considered an author and therefore there is no infringement as explained by WIPO, copyright laws established that only one person can be the author of a creative work. In Spain, this is expressly included in the intellectual property law, quote, a natural person who creates a literary, artistic, or scientific work is considered an author, unquote. Therefore, the creations of a machine or an AI, such as OpenAI, are not considered an infringement because there is no authorship. Well, no, I, I, I think that's a narrow way of viewing it. You would have to define person. And I, I suspect they have not defined person in a way that forbids AI, but somehow wouldn't include a band like Disturbed. They, uh, I see what you're saying here. They're saying a natural person. So, so obviously the band bands has, can't own anything? The band has persons, natural persons in it. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live. 